Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights. Bruce Cassidy calls his team resilient in the opening night win in Los Angeles. Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco, along with Chris Golick. You can find us on Twitter at Tony Dasco, at TD Chris G, at Lockdown VGK, and of course, our new YouTube channel, which is Lockdown VGK. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel. And uh, we start things off, uh, Chris, with the Bruce Cassidy, uh, his new era beginning with that 4-3 to three win in Los Angeles last night uh, over the division rival Kings. It uh, was a game that, you know, it appeared that L.A. was looking to run out the clock late. It was tied up at three apiece and at least get the one point, right, and get into overtime. And we saw Sean Dursey just hanging out with the puck behind the net, behind his own net. And uh, in the final seconds, he finally does attempt a stretch pass of sorts. Tapped away by Alex Petrangelo, knocked away to uh, Chandler Stevenson. Uh, Stevenson skates in on the right side, and then a nice dish, a dime of a pass to Mark Stone in the slot. He puts it away, 24.9 seconds to go, and VGK is a team now that's 1-0. and Hey, we'll take it, right? We'll take it however we can get it. And it, it was interesting watching all the post-game interviews on the VGK side about that, like, you know, really no one sure what was going on there. You don't see teams just sitting with the puck like that, not in game one of the season anyway. You know, maybe later in the season, if you're desperate for a point, you know, you want to just kind of go through the motions and, and run the clock out there. But, you know, like Stone mentioned, he was kind of confused, but he would have let him sit there all day. And, you know, Stone's glad. Obviously, Stone is glad that he take that he took the puck out. But maybe he was feeling the pressure there. Like, I, I wonder if he was coached to sit there for – all that time, and then just the the crypto dot staples dot whatever arena that thing is called now. All the fans there just you know started getting a little bit restless and chirping a little bit, and uh, you know maybe the youngster uh, Sean Dursey. I say youngster because I know he's. I, I pull his rookie cards right now out of some of the stuff that I opened, so he could have been around a whole lot if. Uh, oh, if Alan Walsh is cards. Alan Walsh's guy, by the way. Oh, great! I'm sure he'll. Uh, I'm sure he'll blame someone else for it then, because that's uh, <laughs> what Walsh does. I want to get you triggered. Sorry about that. No, no, no. I can't stand. It. I can't stand Walsh. And that's why I, I w- said it. I would love to to see more of what he's saying out there, but he blocked me once, so you know, whatever to that. But yeah, it was just it, it was it was fun to see uh, expressive Mark Stone in in a full effect game one of the regular season, netting the the GWG, and you know the Cassidy era has uh, has started. Yeah, I think after the game, they were trying to get Stone to say something to the effect about, oh, you know, I scored the game winner. I'm so excited about that. No, he was more happy to be skating back on the ice and not feeling any effects. from Happy that to get injury. through the game feeling good. Yeah, that's great, though, you know, for him. And I thought that that was pretty classy on his part. And, you know, he's gone through a lot. Uh, said he played in, what, 37 games, I believe, a season ago and said it's great to be back. Uh, and about Stone 15 said, games, about 15 quality games is what he played in last year. The other ones he was limping around, but yeah. He was limping around, <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, you know, Stone had said, you know, about that play, he said, 
45 seconds is a long time to kill. We were just going to be patient. We're going to wait it out. And then he felt defensively that everyone was structured the right way. But that was an amazing play defensively for VGK. What a way to start the season. That's got to give them a lot of momentum going into this week, going into the season, going into the uh, Chicago game coming up on Thursday. Yeah, so just one of the things, um, I know we're going to talk a little more about the the system and stuff like that, but you know, how many times, Tony, last year, you see 51 shots on goal, 45 shots on goal, 39 shots on goal, 57 shots on goal, and the VGK has two goals to show for it. That was something that we hit on a lot last year, and I hit on that in, in our little game-to-game uh, recap that you're, that you're going to see somewhere in the Lockdown universe later on today, whenever that gets posted. But, you know, it's good to see pucks finding the back of the nets and converting on those attempts. You know, shots on goal, that's just kind of a weird number. I don't know how much it matters, but shots on goal, at least to me, matter the more you have and the less goals that you have i don't care if we get 18 shots on goal and score three times that doesn't it means nothing to me whereas if we score if we shoot you know 35 plus times and you only have a goal or two to show for it that's where i'm concerned and i immediately go back to uh you know some of the late the lame duck shots that kind of went through in the DeBoer era just those lazy shots from the point not a whole lot happening out there so you know it's it's one game but Coming off the season we did last, I mean, you and I both picked the Knights to lose last night, right, Tony? You yeah. and I both picked them to lose. You thought you were it a little closer. Over. It went over. It went over. It did in the third. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of <laughs> kind of quiet. It was a one-one tie you know. after two. And yeah, exactly. And I didn't really mind any of the goals that LT let up. He uh, he sold out on what I believe was the game tying goal, just trying to get across. And unfortunately, uh, he just he couldn't stop his momentum. And then LA had it happen, but. I got no issue with any of the goals that LT let in last night. I thought he played a solid game. I thought he made a few saves he shouldn't have. And he did the most important thing that a goaltender needs to do, and that's give your team a chance to win, as did Jonathan Quick on the other side, too. And uh, the one goal, uh, the first goal of the game, uh, scored by Velarde, I think, was the one where Ben Hutton lost his stick. So. He lost his glove first. Like he was, He just lost everything there. and Lost his mind. Yeah, right? Yeah, that was unfortunate for two reasons. One, what you mentioned, it threw things off, and – when Velarde finally got that shot from uh, basically the bottom of the circle, you saw a white cloud looked like he was screening Logan Thompson. He was just flat footed as was uh, Ben Hutton right next to him. Just a, just a busted unfortunate play and, you know, back to the resiliency, right? VGK kept it going. And, you know, some of Cassidy's comments I found interesting. Um, First of all, we're back to line four starting again. It looks like um, coaches mm-hmm. having, you know, some, some asphyxiation with that fine, whatever, but um they mentioned Nick Waugh's line is the shutdown line. After a goal is scored, Nick Waugh is the line, you know, the Nick Waugh, Colasar, Cotter, slash Carrier, however that's going to play out. That's the line you're going to see out there to take back the momentum. And that right there, although it's something small, but that right there at least shows me identity. It shows me a plan is in place. And, you know, like if you were to ask me what was the system under Pete DeBoer, what was the identity – I can't identify either one. So we already have some type of system we can identify as far as the neutral zone. And we have an identity, whereas they are really looking for that fourth energy line to do just that. Uh, Cassidy said it's a good sign that this team showed character battling back and uh, were very resilient, as you mentioned at the top. And he said, uh, Stone had said that there was some break down to VGK, which is to be 
back to the first game. And I told you there were going to be many uh, defensive lapses for the Kings season, um, including that awful line change. He said that these are learning curves to hit stone um, with some of the errors that they made. And he said Bruce Cassidy also gave the team a talking to, a talking to about the power play between the first and second periods that then came out and they wound up scoring a power play goal uh, later on in the game. And Jack Eichel's goal was just as the power play expired too. So, you know, special teams, big issue last year, of course. And now we got a power play goal and a goal just like it was two or three seconds after the power play expired. And, you know, just huge shout out to uh, Petrangelo in that, uh, Tip, uh, who, who, who did he pass the puck to in that one? Did you? I, I didn't recall the power play goal. It accidentally went off of someone's stick. It might have what been number was that? Vegas, who was it? Who was I it? I think Vegas Bjorn. That's William Carlson, right? Yeah, I think it just okay, accidentally so seven, went off. Of 70 stick. points to go. That's one, Tony. Lock it up. That's one. Well, he um, also had the assist. He had the assist on the march. 69 so. points to go. Even better, baby. Let's go. Um, but that what a pass i was actually watching um i, I caught the game kind of on and off last night through uh you know watching some streams and then listening to it and then kind of peeking up down at lifeguard arena when i was reffing last night <clears throat> pardon me but i watched the full game recap this morning with my son and i mean what a pass by petrangelo and and yeah i mean carlson all he had to do is have a stick down and petrangelo did all the work on that give give petrangelo a thousand percent of the credit for that one and william carlson about five percent of the credit for being in the right place at the right time and you know, again, there's just seems to be a little more creativity, a little more of a buzz, a little more excitement. And like, it's one game. Let's not get too high. But in the same breath, it is one game. It's exciting. We're we're back to leading the division. We're leading the NHL. And uh, we're, we're already in the, in the playoffs if the season ended today. So we're already in a better spot, Tony. And Lady Bing, you know, did not play. He did not play under Pete DeBoer. But he was diving on the pile last night. I don't know if you noticed that. And uh, again, on that three-on-one, who are you talking uh, about? Lady Bing, uh, Who's Mikey Lady? Anderson, the the rookie got beat. Uh, that's Carlson, Lady Bing. Okay, fair enough. Okay, okay, so, okay. But okay. Mikey Anderson, the the rookie, got beat on that three-on-one. But Jonathan Marchessault and Jack Eichel leading the way with seven shots on goal apiece, and that's pretty good. And then uh, they each had a goal, and Riley Smith with an assist and six shots on goal. And as you mentioned, a barrage of 51 shots on goal. And if you are an opposing goalie this season, you had better play rebound control because this is going to be part of the VGK approach, I think. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, they're they're deep. They're deep down the middle. They're deep on their top nine. Um, and they're going to be opportunistic, right? There's going to be, you know, you look at the goals that were scored last night. You had two transition goals and then, you know, for lack of a better term, two special teams goals. And VGK in season one and two, the transition is where they were just absolutely lethal in getting the puck up the ice quick. Um, the Eichel goal, that was a bit of luck in a sense that it was just a missed shot. And then just a terrible line change. I watched that goal a couple of times and just bad luck. I mean, bad line terrible. changes, but yeah, two horrible line changes that resulted in goals for the Kings. I got you. And yeah, there you go. So I'm going off of the, the Eichel goal that went, that went off the glass and just the defenseman, just whatever, just like let the puck go by and all of a sudden it's a three on one and all, all Eichel had to do is tap it in there. Um, but yeah, opportunistic and good teams do convert on those opportunities. And, you know, most of the goal, I don't know what the percentage is, but most of the goals, if you look at a heat map are scored basically in that, 
you know, four to five foot, you know, circle coming out from the goal line, if you will, from, you know, basically take the size of the goalie crease and maybe about double it. And that's where most of the goals are scored. And you look at the VGK goals that were scored last night, that's pretty much where all of them were scored from, right? Um, I think that's where all the goals were scored from uh, in tight, right? There wasn't, uh, I mean, Petrangelo, you know, the, the pass, but Carlson is still right there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a uh, good positioning, good structure. We'll talk a little more about that in the third segment, but you know, all all systems go uh, in game one, Tony. Back in the day, we never called those shot passes. When slap did that pass. begin? Slap pass, slap pass. Coming up next, Jack Eichel ripped by ESPN between periods last night. We'll talk about that when we return right here on Locked On Golden Knights. The numbers do not lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen simply safe home security to protect their homes. You don't learn about the trust that many people have without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with the cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents and they always have your back. And the reason why I do like it is uh, because you could use it off of your phone app. And uh, again, you have uh, Simply Safe with a professional approach where they always have your back and you can reach them 24 7. And I think that that is really good. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside of your home and smarter ways to detect motion, um, and it only alerts you, and uh, the threat is definitely real. And even hazard sensors they have installed that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. And so you can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash NHL. simplysafe.com slash NHL. And that's simply safe, S I M P L I safe.com slash locked on NHL. And you'll save 20% on your simply safe security system. When you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan, you get your first month free. Please visit simply safe.com slash locked on NHL to learn a lot more. There's no safe like simply safe. Welcome back to locked on golden Knights. Yes. Thank you there. Got through that read this morning with this this font that's kind of funky. Tony Cordasco, Chris Golick, Vegas, and we appreciate everyone tuning in, making us your first listen each and every day. You can find us wherever you find your podcast and make sure that you go to our YouTube page and simply subscribe. That's good. Simply S-I-M-P-L-I. Simply say. Uh, okay, so Jack Eichel, uh, ripped by ESPN last night. So Leah Hextall interviews Jack Eichel between the second and third periods last night. And Eichel, you know, was just talking about the season and he feels fine. And he said, you know, that he would like to do whatever he can to contribute to this team's success. But then they go to the studio, right? And uh, Chris Chelios and Mark Messier just start going off about Eichel. And I didn't quite understand it. Maybe they were trying to have some filler information here. I don't know what they were doing. They said that he should be like more cocky. He should be a person that no matter what his teammates might think should say, 
you know, that I'm the guy, I'm the, the player that's going to, to lead this team to the playoffs. I'm going to be the leading scorer. Uh, I think they're more or less blasting his leadership abilities and the fact that, you know, he said, I thought everything he said was right. You know, I, I don't know sometimes. Yes, we've seen Eichel bring some of these incidents upon himself. In this situation, but not in Vegas. But keep no, going. no, no. He's right. been no. He's been outstanding here in Las Vegas. We have to add that. Absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more, Chris. But for some reason, the national media has another perception of him, and it puts more undue pressure, I think, on Jack Eichel. And I didn't quite understand where they were headed by saying that he needs to be more of a leader. He needs to just take charge, and he needs to lead this team to greatness. And that's a lot for Jack Geiger. I don't often do the hand on the cheek thing while I'm trying to think about something to say here, but you got me there. So first of all, Jack Eichel's the villain. Let's, let's get this clear right now. There are 49 states and probably a good half of uh, Nevada that view Jack Eichel as a villain in the NHL. And, and folks, just, just so you guys kind of understand how me and Tony go about the show prep and stuff like that. We, we text each other a little bit. We talk about what we're going to say. Um, I could see it. I didn't see the comments that were made on ESPN. So he was going to lead me into this. So you're getting this kind of a raw reaction right now. Cause I honestly did not see any of this last night. I wasn't, not that I wasn't paying attention. I just didn't watch that part of the broadcast. And I may have been borrowing, um, a, a French version of the, of the show or of the game last night at some point too. And I'll be sure to put that back later, you know, but it was not mine, but going on from, from all of that. Jack Eichel is the villain, and Jack Eichel needs to accept it, and I think Jack Eichel likes that. Talking about uh, what Chelly and Messier were saying, um, Jack Eichel did the cocky thing. He still has a little bit of it, but not as much, but Jack Eichel did the cocky, I'm the leader thing for a long time in Buffalo. Where did that get him? It got people like Chris Chelios and Mark Messier ripping him for being cocky and not maybe being able to lead a team to the playoffs. We can talk about the structure and what he had around him in Buffalo in another time, but simply put, he he's been there and done that. And that version of Jack Eichel was not successful from the team front, individual front, much different story. So now he's here in Vegas. I want to help this team win. I want to feel good on the ice. It feels it's good to, to be fully healthy out there. Like he's saying everything right. Going back to his his media tour over the summer, if you will, right? You saw Eichel all over town signing autographs and doing doing his thing. You saw him at the softball game. I mean, I saw a different side of him at the softball game. He he did a freaking cartwheel after cartwheel. he he hit a home run. Like, I mean, sure, that's something dumb and funny and whatever, but you know, he has a he different took out, side. He took of him. out Ryan Reeves too. He well, he he hit that he ball hurt his ankle. Remember, he was in the soft cast. God, that's so no. Bad. He was in a boot. He wasn't. He was in a boot, Tony. He was in a boot. But you know, <laughs> just point being here, and I'll, I'll toss it back in a second. But you know, Eichel's the villain. He's been the villain for a long time. But in Vegas, there is not the same perception as this locker room cancer. Call it what it is. There is not the same perception as him being a locker room cancer. He's been a very good team player. Everyone around him is very positive about him. Going back to DeBoer and, of course, you know, McCrimmon, who's attached himself to him, to um, uh, Jack Eichel. So, uh, fine, you know, Chelly and uh, Messier, you know, you guys are, they're, they're as new in the booth as uh, Jack Eichel is in Vegas. So, you know, they, they need to calm down a little bit here. Yeah, Messier, I love you, bro. But please, you need to know who the players are on the ice, too. He was like, who is that guy? 
uh, who just lost their stick on the ice. Uh, 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 and then, of course, was Messier know. doing the color on the game, or was no, he like the third no, person? This was they, they were showing highlights there. Okay, I gotcha. From the booth between periods, and they did the studio show along with Steve Levy. But you the, know, the, the TNT one with Gretzky ways, is much though. better. You, but keep going. You you just can't have it both ways. You can't say you know you want this guy to be cocky and one of these guys that is standoffish. And then uh, by the same token, you want them to not be this locker room cancer of sorts or what have you. But, yeah, I, I don't understand what they want out of Eichel. But, again, you know, here in Las Vegas, he's done very well. I think for him to get the ultimate respect, not only does VGK have to make it into the playoffs, they have to have a good playoff run in which he is the leader of this team, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, he skated well again last night. He did skate well. He had other chances in front of the net. And he just keeps coming back and coming back. And, yes, those good players do find the puck once in a while in front of the net. And that's what he did on the doorstep, and he knocked it in. Uh, I, I don't know what else he has to do, but just prove it on the ice. And he just did like a – he was he didn't say anything out of line in the interview with Leah Hextall. So I was like, did he just say something wrong? No, it was premeditated, no, Tony. Said, they, they had a. He it just was wants to be. Yeah, he just wants to be a good. He wants to be a good, good teammate. You know, he just wants to help out this team to win. He doesn't want to be that selfish player. Now they're saying, be more selfish, be more cocky. Don't get it. No, it, it's hard to understand. It really is, and you know, again, their media, their it's their job. Also, you know, kind of like our job to genuate it. Gen, to generate interest and reactions and stuff like that. But I don't like you and I aren't sitting here poking. We laugh sometimes about the comments we get folks. Don't get me wrong. We, we definitely laugh at some of the comments that we get, but one thing I will say about me and Tony is we don't say things to generate comments. I have my thoughts. Tony has his thoughts and people comments and that's where it goes. And I feel like uh, what you're mentioning last night about Messier and Chelios was premeditated, whether it's premeditated to get, get in, you know, to get conversation started and, and, and reaction, or if it's just simply how they feel about Jack Eichel, e- either way, you know, I think you said it best though, Tony, you can't have it both ways. You can't, you can't tell him not to be a locker room cancer. You can't tell him not to be what he was in Buffalo and to be a better person as he was in Buffalo. And then he says, Hey, I'm, you know, I just want to help the team win and do what it takes. And it was a can by what you say, it was a can, it was a canned interview with canned reactions. And that's fine. That that's told that that's a safe place. Maybe when Eichel starts chirping to the media and stuff, that's when things go a little bit South with uh, you know, what he might do. But I, I think uh, you can simply close the segment and say you can't have it both ways. You cannot have it both ways on Jack Eichel. You can't want him to be the villain and then give him poop. That's the way I can say that. You can't give him poop for, you know, saying the right things and not being the villain. It doesn't work. Yeah. All right. We'll uh, be talking, I'm sure, much more about Jack Eichel <laughs> as the season progresses here. <laughs> And even when he's a quiet guy and just doing his duty. so Doing well, scoring big goals. They're doing his duty. I was playing off of what you uh, Doing said. his duty. Nice. With an uh, eye. Yeah. With an he's eye. He's always going to be in the spotlight. <laughs> with Coming up next, what changes did we notice between the Cassidy system and that of the former head coach of the VGK, now wearing his cowboy hat and Big D, Pete DeBoer? Back with more after this on Locked On Vegas Golden Knights. Welcome back on Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco 
and my man Chris Golick from Las with an Vegas. I, with an I, with an I. <laughs> it's going to be an all-day ongoing joke. Absolutely, we uh, appreciate you making us your first listen each and every day. You can find our podcast wherever you get your podcast. And of course, it is free. F R E I. It's free. Uh, Chris, uh, there were some noticeable differences between Bruce Cassidy, his coaching style and system, and that of Peter DeBoer. And we saw those right out of the shoot for VGK. I think you alluded to one of them. Again, putting shots on net. I saw a lot of traffic Quality. in front. Quality. Yeah. And Quality. I saw a lot of traffic in front of the net, something we did not see when Pete DeBoer had his system running here in Las Vegas. So that, to me, was the most encouraging sign for the Vegas Golden Knights. No doubt. And I think another observation that I have was the neutral zone. We mentioned that Cassidy's system is much more protective of the neutral zone to prevent the other teams from odd man rushes and things like that. And I believe all of the goals that the Kings scored were right around the net, not necessarily the result of long transitions and VGK getting caught in the wrong spot. So that's certainly a good thing right there. And again, you mentioned the fact that we had quality shots. I mean, sure, there's always going to be some shots that just kind of, you know, limp to the goalie and things like that where the screen is late or whatever. But it did feel like there was just much more traffic, much more happening, a much a little more hysteria maybe around the net in, in a controlled type of manner because that puck's going to deflect. It's going to do crazy things. And, you know, like with Deborah, even when they tried to sometimes get those shots through, they would also be blocked. There wouldn't be a lot of creativity to generate those shots. And I do feel like more things were happening. Um, Cassidy was a bit interesting in his post-game presser about like the power play and stuff. Like he was taking ownership of like some of the power play units, not, playing together and that's on me. And I, I I think he was just kind of protecting his players a little bit right there. I'm not sure what from, but maybe he's just, uh, you know, again, kind of how I allude to us, the media that is being used as pawns to, you know, get messages out, whether it's the players to fans, et cetera. So he might've just been making a statement there like, Hey, I got your back guys. Don't worry. But you know, if he's making comments about the power play, not performing well, we had one, we had two power play goals last night. I mean, one on the stats and Jack Eichel's goal was scored before uh, the the Kings player who was in the box uh, even made it back to the blue line. Um, I saw Kessel was in the box twice last night, early yeah. on, just a weird high stick. That was just bad luck. And then a slash late in the game. And I'm not going to put too much into that, but it's semi noteworthy, I guess, but you know, uh, we saw Alec Martinez. He did return to the game after he took an elbow to the jaw uh, from, I think it was Fiala, right? I thought so. I didn't game. catch that. I'm sorry. Yeah, but, yeah. but uh, he took a nasty elbow to his uh, to his jaw. He went to the, uh, he, he didn't go off the ice. I mean, he, he almost took went a puck to the, to the face too, like early in the game too. He yeah. was real close to taking a puck to the, to the face. Yeah. I thought uh, McNabb didn't play that great. Oh, the fourth line, fourth line uh, didn't get a lot of minutes last night, Chris. They just played, I, I, I was scrolling through a I little thought bit. I thought Colasar was about 12, I want to say, uh, in that vicinity. I didn't see them on the ice a ton, but that shows you more, perhaps, that they have a specific role this season? Um, so Cassidy has mentioned, I forgot his exact quote, but it was basically all the players are going to play, you know, 
they're going to play more than X minutes and more than 10 minutes. And I did see that a little bit when I was scrolling through the time on ice. I got I got tired of scrolling through because you got to scroll through like each individual player instead of uh, I'm sure there's a better way to do it. But I got tired like in midnight last night trying to catch it. But um, they, the, the fourth line was, I think, right around 12, 13 minutes, which is more than the 10 minutes that Cassidy did mention. And I, I'll go back to it again. Um, and the fourth line came shot out like a cannon, too. I mean, they generated some chances. They were out there hitting, um, you know, so the fourth line does seem to have that spark and they have their identity. And that's, again, such an important thing to say. And, you know, this is where DeBoer and his cowboy hat are going to make mention that he only had the fourth line together for like a period last year. Like literally that's what it was out of camp. They were together for like a period last year. And it was, of course, that game against the Sharks when when uh, when Colasar got hurt of all people, it all went to went to uh, it went to a. Uh, duty with an eye so uh it's 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 wednesday right yeah it's 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 wednesday with a y folks give us a break but you know so that fourth line does have that identity and they have an important role they their job is going to be to take the game back if when the other team scores and when they're in their regular rotation it's to provide that spark it's to generate some chances and just to be very tough to play against and you know i guess you kind of want it when when you're on the opposing team and you see the Colasar, Wa, Carrier slash Cotter line go over the boards on the other side, you kind of want them thinking, oh, great, here we go. We got, we got those guys again. We got to get out there and grind against. And I think that's a real important identity for that fourth line to establish. And again, we have a day one identity, which I feel we didn't have much of for the, you know, two and a half, whatever seasons it was, you know, the 160, 170 games, if you count the playoffs, that DeBoer coached us from. So, you know, it's, it's, again, it's one game folks, but there are noticeable differences on the ice under uh, the Cassidy era. And, you know, for one game, they're positive at least. Chris, I'm not sure if you can still hear us there. We're good. Uh, I got you. I got okay. you. Keep going. We, I got you. Keep fighting. We lost, you for, good. we lost you for a second. It happens. It happens. It, it's um, Wednesday with an eye. At least the, uh, the power play, uh, is not 0 for 19 to start the season. And I think, you know, again, you, you talked about Cassidy uh, discussing the power play, and I guess he had a very strong message to the team there uh, between periods, according to Mark Stone. And I think that, you know, he wants to make sure that they get that right, you know, early in the season, correct all of your mistakes as much as you can, and then just take it from there. There's something about the structure that he didn't like. And then he went back and they retooled it. And as you said, one plus uh, the other uh, nearly uh, power play for VGK. I thought that that was a success. That has to be a success, scoring one power play goal in a game uh, for the Golden Knights. Logan Thompson, Logan Thompson, um, I mean, he got stung on that uh, Kopitar Kempe goal but who doesn't i mean that was the one where he was going across well it's not his fault at all he's he sold out on that one he sold out i don't know that that was entirely his yeah there's i don't know that that was entirely his fault he's lost everyone loses right behind the net so i thought i thought you know just the one really bad goal i thought in the game but three goals that's what we said if you give up three um you know you should be able to be hanging around you know if yes okay and that's what they did, just the three goals. And, again, uh, L.A. really, uh, me- they messed up this game themselves. The bad line changes. Uh, the defense was not very good. 
and then just some bonehead plays across the board. Um, VGK had more hits than LA. That's a shocker. <laughs> this isn't a team that had, it was very rare last season that they had more hits than the opponent. Now, I forgot what the numbers were, but it it wasn't a heavy hitting game. But it is a, again McNabb a, though, although he had one one, one of his patented hip checks again. He did have. A, I didn't think defensively McNabb played very well. I thought he got a little lost in front of the net defensively um, a couple of times in the game. But okay, it That's is game the first one. game. That's it game is one. For, uh, game one. Um, aggressive entries into the zone. That's something that I, I noticed. And again, uh, what we expected out of the defenseman attacking. And I think that that's the noticeable change too. Yeah, all all fair, definitely all fair. And it's moving as a unit to generate chances, not just to dump and chase and go get it. Um, you have it starting from the breakout, from that first pass. And then, you know, the unit does what they do to get across the ice and, and generate. And, you know, just trying to think about a couple other differences. I, I did notice they were kind of dropping the puck back a little more on, on the power play to get a little cleaner entries. And I forgot um, when I was watching the postgame presser, Cassidy, just backing up your comments about um, being, I forgot, he used a word, like I don't know if it was more finesse on, on the power play or more deliberate, but to back up what you said, he was not, not necessarily, I won't say happy. Let's not, you know, get too aggressive here, but he definitely identified some things that were going wrong and, you know, second and third period, all of a sudden, boom, boom, uh, you know, we got a power play goal and then basically a power play goal. So the team is responding to Cassidy early. Cassidy is doing the right thing to be the leader of this team as far as the bench goes. And, the team is responding. And I think if there is complete buy-in top to bottom from Cassidy's system, from the changes, you combine that with the skill and the strengths of our skill from our, all of our players top to bottom. And uh, again, you know, goaltending is the asterisk, not because I'm worried about Logan Thompson, but you know, Logan Thompson, he's only, only has 20 something, you know, this is probably, I think this was his 21st NHL start, if I'm not mistaken. So that is going to earn you an asterisk until, you know, we get about 25 games into the season, if his stats align. And, but if LT holds up and just simply, he doesn't need to be Marc-Andre Fleury out there, like how he simply carried the team in so many games in season one. Uh, we have a much better lineup than the season one team top to bottom. If you look, you know, paper to paper, so to speak, but his job is to keep us in the game, you know, two or three goals, you know, kind of like uh, he needs to be the Mark Burley, former Chicago White Sox player, the Mark Burley pitcher of the NHL. Mark Burley, you can count on a couple things and Mark Burley took the mound. The game would be about an hour and 20 minutes. First and foremost, he didn't waste any time between pitches. So I loved watching Burley whenever uh, he was out there. He would give up three or four runs, you know, three or four runs. Not great, but it's serviceable. But he'd also get you into the seventh inning, giving the team a chance to win. So LT needs to be uh, the South Side, uh, White Sox South Side, that is uh, Mark Burley. All right, coming up in tomorrow's show, I'm sure there'll be more Mark Burley references. Absolutely. As the, Black, as the Blackhawks come into town. Hey. Off of a back-to-back, off of a game, you play a back-to-back in the first two games of the season. Oh, my gosh. Burley that's is crazy. with an E, by the way. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Uh, so we appreciate you all listening to our show today. Thanks for making us your first listen. For your second listen, it's Locked On NHL. Locked On Experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. For my man, Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco. So long for now. We thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Take care.